Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And I was not planning on recording this. And then I came across quite the beauty of an article. And I, you try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I try to give this person the benefit of the doubt. All right, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this with an open mind. And then I read the title of the book. And then I read this quote from the article. And I'm not sure if it's in the book or not. But it's in the article. And... Um, I disagree, and I'm going to, if you watch any of my past episodes like this, I'm going to display some t- statistics and just some research that shows this whole thought process is so flawed. It's so not, it's so anti-wealth building. It's so anti-having success in life. It's so anti-just making progress in life. And I'm not talking about becoming a millionaire or a billionaire. When I say wealth, I am talking about truly taking control of life so that you can live stress-free, so you can get that good sleep at night. That's the type of wealth that I'm talking about. So the article here uh, is entitled, and let me check the date. Yeah, so the as, as of the recording of this podcast, it was just out three hours ago. The economy is booming, yet Americans are struggling. An award-winning author explains why. Now, it's, it's, it's scary to me in and of itself that this person is an award-winning author with this sort of viewpoint on things, with this sort of um, just kind of outlook. But the article starts off, you know, the unemployment rate fell below 4% in July, so it's the lowest it's been in nearly two decades. But, you know, millions of Americans are still struggling to make ends meet. Okay, so let's keep that idea in mind, you know, employment is is really, really low, or I should say unemployment is very low, but millions of Americans are struggling to meet, to make ends meet. This That's in large part because wages are not keeping up as day-to-day costs continue to soar. And let's just continue to go on. And, um, you know, the, the author, I can't believe it. So the, the, the title of the book is Squeezed. Why your families can't afford America. Now, look, I just want to break this down on why I think that's such a, just a terrible, terrible title for a book. Because the whole premise, the whole logic of what they're saying should be afforded is supposed to be, you know, that's like the baseline. And think about it. What does it mean to afford America? Think about it. What are the statistics? Debt all over the place. Credit cards all over the place. This, that. So many things that aren't really needed. That's basically what America has been built on and what continues to be built on. Basically, debt. And when you, you know, I don't want to get too economical or too boring, but maybe you hear all this stuff about, oh, what are interest rates going to do or interest rates going up and all that. The only reason why people are concerned about interest rates going up is because that makes taking on debt more expensive. And when it becomes more expensive for people to take on debt, people aren't going to do that. And when that occurs, what? Uh-oh, the economy is shaky. That's such a flawed thing to begin with, where if you're worried about people being able to take on debt getting more expensive because that's going to harm your economy, I'd say that that's probably not necessarily a very strong economy in the first place. So this whole thing about can't afford America. Well, do you really even want to be able to afford America? Do you really want to be able to afford what you know is kind of the norm in this day and age, the norm being credit cards, 
debt, student loans, just all sorts of things like that, just being weighed down in debt, is that really the America that you should be trying to afford? And I could say, well, Clay, maybe they just mean America because that's where people live. And I'm not gonna, maybe I'm reading too far into this, but that's not really the main point. This next point here though, and is a quote, and I had to read it a couple times, just I wanted to make sure that I wasn't misreading anything. But the author says, and I quote from the article, stop blaming yourself and start blaming the system or start blaming the deeper causes of your economic fragility and instability. Okay, we're, we're, we're gonna start to blame the deeper causes. Her words, not mine. We're, we're apparently not supposed to blame ourselves. So let's start to blame these deeper causes of why people you know, have, you know, they're, they're fragile. They're in, you know, they're, there's instability. They're unstable within their personal finances. You know, now a lot of, according to this person, well, it's because their wages aren't growing enough. People, you know, these companies, these big evil companies aren't paying them enough. That's the, that's the cause. That's why. That's why people can't get ahead. That's why, you know, you know, woe is me. Woe is me. It's, it's not yourself. Don't blame yourself. There's other deeper causes. Well, I'm going to give my thoughts here on what I, I think are the deeper causes. And maybe you're going to see where I'm going with this, but from Pew Research, uh, I found an article, and it's just 10 facts about smartphones. So just 10 facts about smartphones. Now remember, the whole premise here is that, you know, basically just over time, things are getting more and more difficult. I mean, that's the whole idea behind the article that, yeah, sure, the economy is booming, it's, it has been booming, but Americans, they're, they're just struggling. They continue to struggle. So again, from Pew Research, number one of the 10 facts, about three quarters of U.S. adults, 77%. So if you have 100 people lined up, 77 of them are gonna say, yes, I own a smartphone. And this is up 35% from 2011. Huh. So since 2011, smartphone ownership has grown 35%. Now to the point where literally 77 out of 100 people own a smartphone. Now I wanna, I wanna hop back into a quote real quick from the original article and it says, and I quote, sorry I lost, my, I lost where it was in the article, but here it is, and I quote, salaries just don't go as far as they did to cover the necessities. So okay, let the, okay, the, there are words on my, necessities. My first question, and maybe you see where I'm headed with this, is a smartphone really a necessity? If you're saying absolutely, well, I, I, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. Do I think a phone is, is, is very handy? Yes. But a smartphone? There are still flip phones out there. There are still prepaid phones where you, you don't have this, that, and the other where you can't get on dear. Well, Clay, if I don't have that, then I can't check my Instagram. How am I supposed to creep in on other people's lives with fa- without Facebook if I don't have my smartphone? That is a necessity. How am I supposed to fill in the blank? Necessities, really, huh, I don't know. Deeper causes, stop blaming your, yourself. Blame, is the system forcing people to go and get smartphones? I mean, because and I, and I quote, stop blaming yourself and start blaming the system. I'm not a lawyer, I, I can't say I keep up on you know 
pieces of legisl- you know, legislation that gets passed. But as far as I'm aware, uh, the FBI, the CIA, um, the local county police are not going to show up at my door and say, excuse me, Clay, you just got rid of your smartphone. That's a violation. The system says you must have that smartphone. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. So blame the system. Huh. Well, I, I, I don't, 77%. That's a lot of people. And you look down here at the uh, number two fact, and it says more than nine in 10, 18 to 29 year olds, so that's 96%, say they live in a household with at least one smartphone. And 51% of young adults say their home contains three or more such devices. In other words, smartphones, they're all over the place. But are they actually necessary? I don't think so. I don't think so. But guess what? It gets even better. And I think the reason why, you know, the original article irritated me so much was uh, because, yeah, I'm a geek. I like the stock market. I like to keep track of just, you know, the headlines, what's going on with the the, the markets, real estate market, all that good stuff. And I remember that just uh, like a week ago, there was the new job employment report that came out. Again, don't worry, I'm not going to get boring and go through all the the economic indicators. No, nothing like that. But I remembered seeing something. I was like, wait a second. Maybe I misread that chart because that totally kind of contradicts this whole person's premise about stop blaming yourselves, blame the system. So I, I dug up, I dug up, and I finally found it on CNBC, and it was just a, a, an overview of the jobs report. So quickly, in a non-boring way, every month, the government releases a, a jobs report that says, hey, the, the economy either gained jobs or the economy lost jobs. Here is where jobs were gained. Here is where jobs were lost. And it just breaks it down in, in a, probably a really boring report. I can't say I've ever read one. I just you know follow through the headlines. And you know the title of this article is just, here's where the jobs are in one chart. I'm thinking, oh great, one chart. That makes it easy because everything is listed out right there. So I mean, you have all sorts of different sectors out there for jobs. You have, you know, let's just say professional and business services. You have, you know, manufacturing, education and health services, construction, retail trade, information, utilities, mining and logging, financial activity. So, you know, they're all just different areas in the economy that offer jobs. And again, the the jobs report is telling you where jobs were growing or where jobs were shrinking. And this economic report, and this is all like real time. I mentioned, you know, the original article was released three three hours ago, and I bring that up because I want you to know that from a, a time perspective, it's not like I'm going back 20 years to pick this data point, and I'm going forward now to present day, and then I'm hopping back, you know, nine months ago. No, this is all like like literally within the past few weeks. So this is the economics job report for the month of July. So last month, assuming you're watching this, or I should say listening to this in August. And we, we had a good economic you know, growth in terms of jobs. And like I said, the report breaks down each and every category. Anybody wanna guess what number two, the number two category, the number two sector of job growth. And before I tell you, let me just, I'm assuming this will be common sense, but uh, how do jobs grow? Like if you own a business, what is going to allow you to grow jobs, AKA hire more people? A lack of people spending money at your company or people spending money? People spending money at your company. You're probably saying, well, if I'm getting more money as a company, that means that, well, I have more customers. And when I have more customers, in order to keep up with all these customers, I need to hire more people. 
I need to create jobs. That's great, you're creating jobs, awesome. I'm nothing against that at all. So think about it, that's how job growth occurs because there are lots of customers spending money at that business that now needs to create more jobs in order to keep up with those customers. So let's go back to this article and like I said, number two job growth, meaning this is the area where apparently a lot of consumers are spending money if these are where the jobs are growing. Leisure and hospitality. Leisure and hospitality. So real quick, let me find that quote from the article and it says, uh, let's see right here. Leisure and hospitality also posted a strong month, adding to the sector's solid gains in May and June with 40,000 more jobs. This, in, this industry includes jobs such as performing arts, spectator sports, museums, and food, ser food services, so like restaurants. Okay, what was that quote about, you know, salaries just, they're not covering the necessities. Let me read through this again. Let, let's, are, are, going and watching performing arts. Ne that's a necessity? Spectator sports. I gotta see that NFL game. I got, you know what? Big college game this weekend. You know what? That symphony is playing. They're a great symphony. I, that's a necessity? Oh. Museums. I, I gotta get to the museum. Yeah, I, food, that restaurant. I'm gonna die. I am literally gonna keel over and die unless I go to that restaurant and overpay for the food because, well, I mean, that's part of it. You're getting a service. Hence, food services. Those are all necessities and those are all things that are part of leisure and hospitality, which is the second biggest job growth market. So is it, is it really, is it really the system? I don't, again, maybe I missed some bit of law, but I'm pretty sure that if I choose not to go watch some sort of performing arts or if I choose not to go to some sort of professional sporting event, college sporting event, if I choose not to go to the museum or anything of that, if I choose not to go out to eat, I don't think any government body is going to be knocking on my door saying, you, Clay, Clay, you and your family, you just broke the rules. You're going to jail. You're being fined. You have to go and do that stuff. That's part of the system. That's a necessity, Clay. You have to go and do that. I don't, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. So to this author, you wanna talk about deeper causes, deeper reasoning. How about the simple fact that we just have spending problems in this country. Maybe it is hard to afford housing. Maybe it is hard to afford childcare. Maybe it is hard to afford a true necessity, the lights, the water, because half the salary is going towards all this other crap, such as smartphones and leisure and hospitality sector that's causing the sector to grow. I don't know. Please, by all means, if I am being irrational, if I'm just, Clay, dude, none of this makes sense, man. What are you talking about? A spending problem? And I haven't even brought up any of this, the, the debt statistics, and I brought those up in past shows. I mean, if you've, if you've listened to past, then you know what the, de the debt statistics, you know what the household debt situation looks like. So I, author, my, I think that you should be blaming yourself, not the system, because the system is not requiring you to go and buy a smartphone. The system is not requiring you to go and spend money on leisure and hospitality type services, which apparently a lot of people are spending their money on 
if these companies are able to grow jobs and grow jobs. That's great, there's job growth, but you can't have it both ways. One of the biggest indicators, one of the biggest ways to know if our society is actually finally getting serious, is actually finally delaying gratification, is you know actually finally, I don't know, acting like an adult, that's the best indicator right there. Leisure and hospitality sector. If that actually starts to shrink and starts to shrink and starts to shrink, all that implies is, you know what, maybe Americans are actually saving a bit of their money. Maybe they're actually doing this thing called putting it into a savings account or putting it into this thing called the stock market. Dare I say that savings? Wow, say, that's, that's, you know, I don't even know what to say. Hopefully you see what I'm getting at here. But leisure and hospitality being at the forefront of where the job growth is, not exactly a great sign. Sure, that means the Americans' consumer is spending, and that's what we want, because when consumers are spending, that means they're confident, because they're, but according to this person, they're not, you can't have it both ways, author, so what is it? You just can't have it both ways. So that's kind of my, uh, you know, little pet peeve here. That's what I have a major problem is, when you have this attitude, and this is where the victim mentality comes from, it's such garbage. Stop blaming yourself and start blaming the system or start blaming the deeper causes of your economic you know, uh, fragility and instability. Yeah, deeper causes, but according to this premise, no, the deeper causes, it's all your employer's fault. You're just not, you're, they're just not paying you enough. They're not paying you enough quick enough. They're not paying you enough so that you can afford the smartphone, so that you can afford going out to eat, so that you can afford HBO, so that you can afford Netflix, so that you can afford your 18 fancy coffees that you get every week. Am I saying you can never have any of that stuff? I am not. But apparently people are spending a little bit too much stuff on that. So you just can't have it both ways. That's all I have to say for this, but please, please, don't be brainwashed by this nonsense. And this book is, I'm gonna click on that link real quick. Oh, 28, oh, that's great. You're charging 28 bucks for something when you're, and no wonder why people, what a joke, what a joke. Brilliant, a keen, eloquently written and scorching account of the American family today. Uh, through vivid stories, sharp analysis and wit. Yeah, I'm not, whatever. Yeah, so I, please don't buy that book because this person, that is called stuff that will absolutely brainwash you. It will turn you and give you the mentality of woe is me, there's nothing I can do, I'm just stuck in this big system and I, there's no way to turn, there's nowhere to turn. I'm not supposed to blame myself, I'm blaming the system. What, just how, let's just think about it from, how depressing is that though? If you really stop and think about it, how depressing is it to think this, that this, this woman is trying to shove onto other people. That this mentality, it's, it's a mentality of hopelessness. Like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. It is the system's fault. I mean, you just can't do it. That is, that is cruel. I think, not think this person is promoting an attitude of hopelessness, which is just by definition cruel. No, that's garbage. The true fact of the matter is blame yourself, but you wanna know what the great thing 
that occurs when you blame yourself is if, guess what? If you're the problem, if you're the person to be blamed, guess who can also fix the problem? The person who can be blamed, which is you. How, how freeing is that? How hopeful is that? Where if you actually blame yourself, if you actually look in the mirror, dare I say, put together a budget, dare I say, look at your expenses, you know what? Maybe it, it'll become a lot easier to afford the true necessities when you cut out all this stuff that you apparently think is necessary, but we know, you know in your heart of hearts, is not necessary. That's awesome, that's freeing. That is how you take control of life, and that's what you know. Money with Clay is all about. Taking control of your life, and the first step in taking control of your life is to look at the person in the mirror, not the system, not everybody else around you. It's not everybody else around you, it's you. Well, Clay, I can't find anything you know what, I don't wanna hear that because the job reports are great. I talk to builders all the time. I talk to people in construction and they are looking for work. There aren't, where there is a will, there is a way. And do not, but you're never gonna find that way if you start to believe such nonsense, mental attitudes like this, you know, this author is trying to promote. <laughs> and just, salaries just don't go as far as I did to cover the necessities. The necessities. So I'll leave you with this. Ask yourself, what, what, what are your necessities? Go through your budget. If you don't have a budget, get a budget. If you need help getting a budget, I offer a, a, a course on that I, and I walk you through it. But if, if you, no, I'm not gonna pay for anything, that's fine, that's totally cool, no problem at all. But go through your expenses. And that's my challenge to you. Go through your expenses and ask yourself, do it by yourself, that way you, it's just you and your mind, it's you and your heart, and ask yourself, is that really a necessity? Next item, I spent money on that. Is that really a necessity? And you know what, I, I can almost guarantee that there are things in there that are not necessities, and if you stop spending money on there, guess what happens to your wage? Guess what happens to your salary that your employer's paying you? It all of a sudden gets bigger. And when your salary all of a sudden gets bigger because you stop wasting it on non-necessities, other things become so much easier to pay for. That debt, you can all of a sudden knock it out that much quicker. So that's my challenge, that's what I'm gonna drop. Go through your expenses, go through what you spend money on, and just, is that a necessity or isn't it? And at the end of the day, Please blame yourself. That blaming yourself is the hopeful solution because when you blame yourself, that means you're the problem, but that also means that you can be the solution. Where if you just blame the system, that is so hopeless. So do not fall for garbage like this. Do not fall for just such flawed logic, fall flawed premise. And it's just disgusting, it's cruel, and it's a mindset of just hopelessness and there's no really any other word for it. So that's all I have. If you're still with me, I appreciate you hanging out and listening. And if you see anybody, uh, you know, if you see anybody with this sort of mentality, just be like, did you know that 77% of Americans have smartphones? And then you can transition into, is a smartphone really a necessity? And that'll get the ball rolling to hopefully open up that person's eyes. So thanks again for listening. I'll see you back for the next episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself 
either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.